It's good to be in the house of God this morning, isn't it? Amen. And worship and praise and glorifying God is a part of our day. And uh, I am praying that uh, God will give me the voice of an evangelist today. Up to this point, all I've had is a pastor's voice. And uh, what that means is you're good for one or two, and that's about it. But uh, we've already been through two, and number three is on us right now. And I'm just praying that God will give us our voice to hold out. Amen. And, uh, of course, I'll tell you what, even when I'm whispering, I'm louder than a lot of folks. So you won't have to worry about that at all. Amen. Well, it is so good to be with the Strouts and with you folks. Amen. We have enjoyed ourselves. Of course, uh, Mrs. Post and her book of etiquette says that you should never say that you have enjoyed yourself. But if I haven't enjoyed myself, I don't know who I've enjoyed. <laughs> but I have been enjoying every bit of this. Amen. And uh, it's just getting better and better. And uh, I pray that you feel the same way. You know, it's, it's, it's a terrible thing when one person's enjoying themselves. Nobody else is getting to enjoy it. Praise God. But we are, amen, thrilled to be here and to minister. And we do pray that our children would have been with us. That would have been real nice. We, amen, I'd like to have my son and daughter with me. Amen. They both do love God. And uh, my son has the Holy Ghost. He is nine. And uh, received it this year at camp. And uh, he was just thrilled to get the Holy Ghost. And we baptized him when we got him home from camp. But we're just thrilled, amen, to be here. And I just cannot say that enough. Amen. The, your pastor and wife have been very, very hospitable. And uh, I just tell you that, that is, that's a joy, amen, because I'm a part of a fellowship and it's good to know that there are men of God, amen, and their wives that really, amen, are hospitable. Amen. I like to be able to speak good of what I'm a part of. Amen. And it's good to be able to say that and feel it. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? Don't you like to not just say nice things? Aren't you glad that you can feel that's the truth? Amen. And we pray that we have been somewhat of a blessing to you. And we came to be a blessing. Amen. Because we needed a blessing. And the Bible lets me know if I am a blessing, God will bless. And I want the blessings of God here today. Amen. So I want to be a blessing to you. Amen. As you're seated, we want Sister Cicero to come this morning. Amen. And we're going to. Amen. That's right. You may be seated if you'd like to. Just kind of. Relax for a moment. Amen. Later on, we'll get right into the Word of God. No, Brother Stroud, I may need to put your watch up here somewhere because I don't see any clocks in the back. Amen. And I, and, uh, and, uh, no, we don't need any clocks. Well, I need a clock. I'd like to be able to look at something and say, well, I'm, you know, amen. Either that or we can put a timekeeper out there. We got somebody, you know, when it gets a certain time, just go like this, you know, time out. I'm out, you know, and, uh, or, you know, we, 
Whatever. Praise God. But uh, we are glad to be here this morning. We're going to sing a chorus before Sister Rose sings this morning. And I know I might not should sing any choruses. I should save my voice all for preaching. But I just can't hardly just come to hear myself preach. I just can't hardly do that. I like worshiping God. I like praising God, glorifying God, lifting Him up when I come to His house. Amen. And I want to work for the Lord, don't you? Amen. I'm going to keep on working till He comes. There's nothing in this world worth turning around to see. My eyes are on the prize that's waiting me by and by. I'm just going to keep on working till He comes. That's what I want to do. Amen. I'm gonna keep, keep on, on working till he comes, till he comes. There's nothing in this world worth turning around to see. My eyes are on the price that's waiting me by and by. I'm gonna keep on working till he comes. I'm gonna keep on working till he comes, till he comes. There's nothing in this world worth turning around to see. My eyes are on the price that's waiting me by and by. I'm gonna keep on working till he comes. I'm going to keep on singing till he comes, till he comes. There's nothing in this world worth turning around to see. My eye is on the prize that's waiting me by and by. I'm going to keep on singing till he comes. I'm going to keep on working till he comes, till he comes. There's nothing in this world no, nothing worth turning around to see. My eye are on the prize that's waiting me by and by. I'm going to keep on working till he comes. I'm going to keep on praying till he comes. Till he comes, there's nothing in this world worth turning around to see. My eyes are on the price that's waiting me by and by. I'm going to keep on praying till he comes. I want to just keep on going till Jesus comes. Amen. When he comes, I want him to find me working. I want him to find me praying. I want them to have me, amen, if the Lord comes and I'm in the shower, I want to be singing. Amen. Somebody's going to have to be in the shower when the Lord comes. Amen. And I want to be singing when he comes. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord's going to say, this guy's got it even in the shower. Praise God. Amen. I like to sing and worship and praise God. Let's sing one more chorus this morning. I think you folks probably know this song. Amen. It's been uh, used the last little bit. But this morning, Brother Strout and I were talking, amen, and uh, we was talking about God knowing what our life is all about, where we're going. Amen. God is in control. And one thing that I do know for sure, that, that there is a thing that is called the providence of God. Amen. There is the providence of God. If you would get into some of the Old Testament patriarchs, you would find that God had his hand upon them. 
And there were people that felt like, like they were in the wrong spot at the wrong time. But I like one particular one by the name of Joseph. Amen. Joseph said to his brethren, after all had come about, and they knew that he was, amen, second in command to Pharaoh, amen, Joseph came down and had a message for them. He said, brothers, this is the providence of God. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You meant just to, to get rid of me, but God wanted to feed all of our families when this famine came. You thought, amen, that everything was wrong with me going down to Egypt. But that was the plan of God. That was the province of God. Amen. Oh God, if I could just have that kind of attitude. I think of a statement that was once made by a man, amen, one of our elders in Louisiana, great Bible teacher, Brother Crawford Coon, made this statement one time. He said, a man with a good attitude, nobody can destroy. Of course, there's always the other side of the coin. But a man with a bad attitude, nobody can redeem. God, give me a good attitude today. God, give me an attitude that says it's the providence of God. God's planned this for me. Amen. And God, amen, is going to bring forth one of the greatest plans that have ever been brought about. If I can believe that. Let's sing that chorus. Rejoice for the steps. Amen. I believe they are ordered of God. Amen. You believe the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord? Folks, that's the word of God. They are ordered of God. Rejoice for the steps of a righteous man. They are ordered of God. They are ordered of God. Rejoice for the steps of a righteous man. They are ordered of God. Rejoice for the steps of a righteous man. They are ordered of God. They are ordered of God. Rejoice for the steps. Of a righteous man, they are ordered of God. In the time of trouble, God will uphold him. God will preserve him. God will sustain him. In the time of trouble, God will lift him up. So rejoice, your steps are ordered of God. Let's put our hands together now. Rejoice for the steps of a righteous man. They are ordered of God. They are ordered of God. Rejoice for the steps of a righteous man. They are ordered of God. In the time of trouble, God will uphold him. God will preserve him. God will sustain him. In the time of trouble, God will lift him up. So rejoice, your steps are ordered of God. Rejoice for the steps 
of a righteous man. They are ordered of God. They are ordered of God. Rejoice for the steps of a righteous man. They are ordered of God. Praise God. Rejoice. For your steps are ordered by God. Amen. Is it time to rejoice? Yes, it's time to rejoice. Because God will uphold us, sustain us, preserve us. Even in the time of trouble. Amen. God will lift us up. Praise God. Matter of fact, as Sister Cicero is preparing to sing. Amen. If I know anything about the word of God. I know that God is great. And I know that God has got some people that are a lot like him that are great. I'm telling you something. I can't go to the 11th chapter of Hebrews and feel like people of God are, 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 are weak. That are, 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 are puny. I can't feel that way when I go there. Amen. But let me tell you what I have found to make great men. We look out and we, we celebrate the birthday of George Washington. We celebrate the birthday of Abraham Lincoln. Men like that. And I said, why are those men so important? Well, the reason that they are so important was a war going on. And they came to the forefront in the midst of trouble. Friend, let me tell you something. When I think about the great men of the Word of God, there's a war going on. And that's what makes them great. Amen? So I'm going to tell you something. You say, but there's trouble everywhere. But that's how God proves his great men. That's how God proves his great men and women. Amen. They can come through the trouble and rejoice because their steps were ordered of God. Can I say, yes, I know that there is sin everywhere. I know that there is a a onslaught of, of many spiritual battles going on. But I also know, in the midst of it all, God can prove how great He is and how great His people are. He's done it. He did it with Job. He said, have you considered Job? God says, I consider him great. Amen. Thank God for the word of God. Sister Sister Rose sing this morning. Amen. Praise God. I was thinking of that song, Rejoice for the Steps. And I realized we want to be in God's hand totally. But there's one really important thing. Not only our attitude, like my husband said, but we have to be sensitive to the voice, the sound, the touch, everything of God. This song just kind of brings you a little close to God here. Just rejoice and praise God as I sing this and let, it, let God speak to you. Lily of the valley, let your sweet aroma fill my heart. Rose of Sharon, show me how to grow in beauty in God's sight. 
fairest of 10,000, make me a reflection of your love. Oh, day stars shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the night. Lead me, Lord, I'll follow. Anywhere you open up the door, let your word speak to me, show me what I've never seen before, I want to be your witness, Lord, you can take what's wrong. And make it right. Day stars shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the night. Lord, I see a world that's dying. Wounded by the master of deceit. So many people groping in darkness, haunted by the years of past defeat. But when I see you standing near me, Lord, shining with compassion in your eyes, I say, Jesus, just shine down on me. Let your love shine through me. In the night, lead me, Lord, I'll follow anywhere you open up the door. Let your word speak to me, show me what I've never seen before. I want to be your witness you can take what's wrong and make it right Jesus shine down on me let your love shine through me in the night I say Jesus, shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the night. Amen. Let's ask him to do that right now. Jesus, shine down on me. Let your love shine through me. Jesus, shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the night. Praise God. We have been so privileged to fill this pulpit today. And we pray that the things that we will say this morning will help you. Amen. If you will turn with me in your Bibles today. Amen. Lord, thank you, God. 
We're going to go to the book of Judges where we, I believe, ended up last night. But we're going to go quite a bit different direction. Amen. From the book of Judges, chapter 16 and verse 16. Judges chapter 16 and verse 16. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death that he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head. For I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me. And I shall be like any other man. I won't be any different than anybody else. This is probably one of the saddest stories in the Word of God. But there is something to be gleaned from this from the child of God. And that is, we have a consistent adversary. And she pressed him daily. We have a consistent adversary. Amen. Let's pray right now. Brother Strout, would you pray for us right now? God, I pray right now that you minister to this man in the name of Jesus. God, I pray your anointing, Lord, would flow. Give me the word that we need, Jesus, today. Open up his spiritual eyes to the needs that are here. We give you praise that the unction flows. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God. And you may be seated today. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. As we read this portion of scripture today, we read about a he-man who had a she-weakness. Amen. If you want to know what is the first recorded spoken words, of Samson are, they are in the 14th chapter and verse 2. The first recorded words of this great, mighty, strong man is this. I have seen a woman in Tibna of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me. The first recorded words. And the adversary was standing there that day and said, I know, I know what really is important to the strong man. I know what he wants more than anything else. Friend, let me tell you something. There are some things that we must really know about the devil. Number one, he is not all-knowing. He is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything about you. But I will tell you this. He is someone that is a very good record keeper. Amen. And I'll tell you, he is very observant. He has watched your great-grandfather. He has watched your grandfather. He has watched your father. 
He has watched you. Amen. And he said, I want to know what is involved in all of their lives. Amen. If, if we do something, amen, that is wrong, if, if we stare at something for a little while and, and act like we're covetous about it, he said, that's it. That's it. Did you notice how his eyes stayed there a little longer than they ought to have? Amen. Don't think for one moment that he is not very observant. Then we come back and say, well, he's omniscient. He knows exactly, amen, how to make me fall. He knows what's in my mind. Oh, no, friend. He doesn't know that at all. But he is watching us. He is keeping a good record of what we, amen, are involved with. And such was the case of Samson. He said that's what really means something to him. That's what he really wants. And so, amen, Cain. Amen. The time that Delilah would try to wear out the strong man. It is, it is sad to say that some people are an easy mark for the devil. It's sad to say that, but some people are. But there are others that have, amen, much more stamina. Amen. And they, they stand up to the devil a lot more than others. But let me tell you something about our adversary. Amen. He's consistent. He doesn't mind. He doesn't mind how long it takes to make you and I fall. He doesn't care how long it takes for you and I to succumb to temptation. Amen. And always remember this. You know, there are people that come up and say, well, you know, I didn't want to do that, but the devil tempted me. Amen. You know, the devil made me do it. That's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says we are drawn away of our own lust and enticed. That, that's what happens, really. Amen. But I will tell you this. Amen. The devil does try to tempt us. And, and such was the case of this strong man. Amen. He amen, came and uh, spoke to this woman. And she said, I want to know where your strength lies. And you know how it went. Amen. All kinds of things came about that he said was his strength, and it wasn't. And each time she seems to get more upset that he wasn't truthful with her and tell him where his strength lies. Let me say that, that today that our adversary knows, our adversary knows that if he is consistent, then we will make an error. Let me tell you something about the great boxers of this world. Amen. They don't care how many rounds it takes. Just drop your guard once. Just, just, you know, show, amen, an opening to them. That's all they're wanting. Amen. All it takes is an opening. They really believe that they have that power punch. That if they get the opening, it'll all be over. You'll be on the mat. They'll be counting one, two. They just know it. Just, just give me the opening. Amen. And so Delilah stood there. Amen. Consistently waiting to hear, amen, the, the secret that was a part of the strong man's strength. What secret? Amen. What secret it was. No one in the camp of the enemy knew about it. They'd have got him to the barber the first day if they knew about it. But they didn't know it remained a secret. Amen. And is the devil all knowing? No, he didn't know it. If the devil knew that he needed a haircut, he'd have given one. Isn't that right? Amen. They didn't like getting beat up on. They didn't like that jawbone of an ass killing a thousand of them. They didn't like any of that stuff. Amen. But now we see that there is a 
a spy that has come in and says, what I've got to do to get Samson is I've got to wear him down. I've got to wear him down. There is a wearing down process that comes that the enemy wants to use to destroy us. Matter of fact, if you would turn with me to the book of Daniel. Daniel mentions some things that the saints of God needs to hear. Daniel mentions in the seventh chapter of the book of Daniel, he said, and the ten horns, verse 24, and the ten horns out of this kingdom are the ten kings that shall arise. And another shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first. And he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High. And listen to this. And shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Exactly how he's going to do it, I don't know exactly what his plan is. But I do know this, that he has a strategy that he has always used. And that is, if you're strong, I guess it will just take a little longer. I guess it will take a little more enticement. I guess it will take a little bit more of wearing you down. I'll tell you, there are certain things that I pretty well made up in my mind were not for me to do. Amen. I, I, I am one that uh, I realize if I'm going to fight this spiritual enemy, it's not always best to do it when I'm weak. Because he loves to beat up people when they're weak. He loves it. Amen. When Jesus had been fasting for 40 days, he said, now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time to talk to him. See if we can persuade him that his, his purpose is not, amen, the purpose that, that he really thinks for. Amen. There's a different purpose for him being here. He is to be the king of the kingdoms of this world. And, and, but that wasn't his purpose. Amen. Jesus told that to Pilate. He said, look, my kingdom's not of this world. If it was, then I would have my people fight for me. But I've told them time and time again, put up your swords. Don't fight. My kingdom's not of this world. Amen. My kingdom's not of this world. But we see that the devil does come along and he wants to, amen, wear us out. Of course, let me say this. I want to put a bit of opt opt optimism is the word into this message this morning because at times it, it may appear negative. And I don't want to appear negative, but it may appear that way at times. But let me say, if you read on in the book of Daniel, amen, the Bible does tell us, and there's that word again that we got to use last night that I really like, amen, down in verse 26, and it says that, amen, that as we stand there in that day of judgment, amen, we shall take away his dominion and we shall consume and destroy it unto the end. Amen. We shall consume it and destroy it unto the end. But do not think for a moment that he is not trying to wear out the saints. He is trying, amen, to wear out the saints. You know, if you go down and you see a water dripping down on a big old boulder, you don't think for one moment that that, that boulder is going to be gone. There's just no way. I mean, that's just a little drop of water. But I'm going to tell you something. You give it enough years, and that water will do a lot of damage. Just a drip at a time. Drip, 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 drip. And after a while, what seemingly has no outward effect will have one. Don't ever think for a moment, friend, because today there doesn't appear any outward effect 
amen, that the devil's not trying to wear us out. I said he's trying to wear us out. Amen. And there will come an outward effect, amen, if there's not an inward power. There has got to be. And that's what Samson was really giving away. Samson said, I'll become as other men. Right now, I have an inward power. Right now, I can do things great for God. Amen. But what he was saying to Delilah is, you know, but I'm not going to tell you not to come back. Oh, friend, I'm going to tell you something. All the lies that that woman told. Amen. I'll tell you, I've heard people come up and say, you know, amen, dealing with demonic powers, you know, amen, this demon said this or that. Let me tell you something right off the bat. If you ever have to deal with demonic powers, they lie. One consistent thing you know for sure, they lie. Amen. I heard not long ago a man was telling about a demon that said, as they ask, and of course I don't ask demons anything, I tell them. <laughs> But anyway, and why do you do that? Because that's the way my father does it. That's the way my father does it. Amen. My father says, hey, I'm in control here. And I'll tell you something else too. The devil will try his best to provoke fear when we go to casting out devils. Yes, he will. He'll try to cause us to be in a, a realm of unbelief. You might have been believing. But all of a sudden that devil speaks. And this particular demon, amen, said, I am legion. And they come to find out afterwards after they cast out the demon, he wasn't a legion at all. But you know what? Now, in Jesus' case, it was. And Jesus knew. He was all-knowing. But we, amen, we ought not to deal with demons like Jesus did. Listen to me this morning. Amen. When you're dealing with demons, Jesus, for not one moment, backed up with any fear at all. He knew the power was in him. Amen. And we need to let that power that's with us start to work immediately. Amen. But what I'm trying to say is this. The devil's told some uh, of our missionaries that, uh, amen, out of a person, I am legion. They come to find out he wasn't at all. You know why? He lied. He lied. He wanted them to think there were many so that they would be afraid and say, we better not try. This is too many for us to deal with. Amen. Let me tell you something right now. Amen. The devil wants his glory. He wants his glory. He wants God's glory. Amen. And if you'll make a big show and to do about him, amen, he will bring that into the service. Amen. But again, like I said, I, I like what some of the missionaries tell stories of how they deal with demons. Amen. They don't, they don't have any problems at all. Of course, they have to deal with them a lot. And so they have to figure out how to do it. Amen. And I was thinking about, amen, uh, one particular missionary, amen, and, uh, his name slips my mind. Amen. His wife writes all kinds of books. Help me out, Cisco, from Africa. Freeman. Brother Freeman said that some of the places they go in Africa, amen, uh, people will come in and, and they try to come up in the front and slither on the floor and different things. He said they have a great big rug up there. When that happens, they get him over to it. They push him over and they roll him up. And they tie it and they take him outside the church. And they tell him, we'll be back after church is over. After we have people filled with the Holy Ghost and everything. And we'll come back out and we'll cast the demons out of you. Amen. They said by the time they come out, after the guy's been tied in that rug for a while, amen, he's ready for the devil to come out. He's ready. Amen. He said it works every time. He said they unroll the rug. They take him up to the front of the church and he gets the Holy Ghost. Starts speaking other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Friend, don't give the devil any glory. Don't give the devil any glory. Amen. Praise God. 
but instead show him that you mean business. Amen. And I'll tell you, that is a fact. I said, that is a fact. We had a lady come in our church one night, two great big dogs, right during a revival service. Power of God's moving, walked up to the front, two great big dogs. And uh, I went down to the lady and I said, ma'am, can we help you? Is there, you know, do you want us to pray for you or something? I mean, you, know, you got to find out what they're doing there. They're in the altar and all these people are hungry, seeking, seeking God. And some of these people are praying. They don't even know what the, <laughs> in the back is two big dogs. And uh, so, you know, she said, well, no. And she started to curse. And I said, wait a minute. This lady doesn't want help. And so I told her, I said, we want you to leave. I don't want you in the altar. And uh, some of the ushers were right there and they thought, oh man, our pastors really went out on the deep end now. These are big dogs now, folks. And uh, the lady told us that one of the particular dogs was partially deaf and if you went at it too quick, he, he'd snap at you. He'd tear you up. And uh, I pretty well believed her. It wasn't that. But it's just I knew, hey, we're not giving up this service for the devil for anything. And so the elders, they, a couple of them there were about ready to grab the dog and, and to take him out. And I just, I went to the back door. I didn't even talk to the lady anymore. Went to the back vestibule doors and the elders are still up there. And I think they thought I ran out on them. Brother Sister was going back to the vestibule doors. What's he doing? I went to the back of the vestibule doors. I opened the door and I looked at the dogs and I said, in Jesus name, get out of here. And these dogs had great big old leather straps on them. They drugged that lady out the back door. We got out in the vestibule area and, 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 and the vestibule area and, and, uh, and, and the brother and couple of them were still standing there. And she goes, I'm not leaving. You got me to this point. And I thought, hey, lady, if the Holy Ghost can get you through the back doors and out of our altars, unless you want help, you're going all the way out of our building. She goes and she started to say something else. And she said, I want to let you know what my dogs can do. I want to let you know what you're here to do. I'm here to do. I looked at her and said, you're a liar. You're a liar. You don't have any power at all. I said, the, what you're so bugged about, the reason you're in this building tonight is because that altar is full of worshipers. And I'm going to tell you something right now, Lucifer. You're mad because you lost your job. You're no longer the choir leader of heaven. And you don't like what I'm going to do next. So I opened, I walked down the steps. We have some steps that comes right off our, our vestibule. I came down the steps. I opened the front door and I looked at the dogs again. I said, I said, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. And this time, friend, they broke the leather straps. They ran. And this little lady who was so, you know, she was going to straighten the elders out, straighten the pastor out. Now that the dogs are all gone, she's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. My big dogs are gone. Uh-oh. I'm going to tell you something, friend. There is, and I told her right then, I said, I want to pray for you. She goes, don't you pray for me. I'm getting out of this place. I'm going to tell you something right now. I'd have prayed for her. If I could have grabbed hold of her, she would run it so quick. <laughs> That's the truth. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'd have prayed for her. I would have. I'm telling you the facts. Amen. The next day I called the lady because one of her dog's tags fell right there in the vestry area. And I called her, had her address right on it. <laughs> I called the lady. I said, hey, you dropped your tag here last night. I said, would you like me to bring it by? She said, don't you come by here. I said, would you like me to put it in the mailbox? She goes, keep it. I don't want you near me. 
Friend, I'm going to tell you something right now. What makes us believe that the devil is so strong? Friend, I'm going to tell you something. There was a man that actually did have legions of devils. And even the, with those legions of devils, they couldn't kill the man. Does that tell you something? Amen. They think there's, we think one demon is so powerful. This man had many of them and still he wasn't dead yet. I'm going to tell you something, friend. We have a lot more power than we think for. And he has a whole lot less than we think for. I said he has a whole lot less than we think for. But I'll tell you what he does do. He does come and he tries to get us to amen in our spirits. Amen. And, and, and I'll tell you something. Now we're going to talk about our spirits. Our spirits is what causes so much problems. I said there's something in our spirits that we've got to be careful of. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you there are things, and we heard some great messages this year at General Conference, and Sunday night Brother Haney preached about men talking about negative things and people that have failed and all that. He said, I don't want to hear it. You know why I didn't want to hear it? Because the Word of God says the things that I'm supposed to think on are things that are of a good report. That's the kind of things I'm supposed to think. Why is that, Brother Cicero? Because those bad reports get into your spirit, and you start feeling, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you, Amen. Don't ever think that they, that didn't happen in the Old Testament. Job looked out to his wife one day and said, don't tell me anything else. I don't want to hear it. She said, but honey, you're in a bad way. He said, I don't want to hear no more. That could get into my spirit. I don't want that in my spirit. Lest I believe that God is dead. And God is not dead. Job said, in my flesh, I'm going to see him. God's alive. Amen. God's powerful. I don't want to think for a moment that he's lost any of his power. Amen. But we need to realize that there are two important things. And please, amen, I want you to get the rest of the message, but please get these two important things. They are very, very important. Every day, there are two things that are important in your life. Every day. These two things are important. Every day, somewhere between your cornflakes and your midnight snack. Somewhere between Cheerios, amen, and that, amen, whatever it is. Last night it was cookies for me. Whatever it is, somewhere between there, you have got to die. You must die that day. Paul said, I die daily. Every day I've got to die. I can't let one day get by. Now I'm going to tell you this. You can skip a day. You can skip two. You can skip a week. But I'm going to tell you something, it'll tell on you. You'll feel different because you haven't died every day. People have asked me about denominational religion. And you know, being a minister, Pentecostal especially, amen, I deal with different people and they always want to bring up the, the failures of so-called Pentecostal evangelists that are on television, different things. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't try to go into a deep explanation with those men. I just tell them, I said, well, let me tell you, every man, no matter who he is, has got to die every day. I don't care who it is. It doesn't make any difference if it's a preacher, who it is. You got to die every day. Paul said, lest he preach to others and he himself becomes a castaway. One of the worst things that could ever happen to us, Brother Mike, is that God would reel us in and then he'd hit that button and cast us back out there. God knows I don't ever want him to hit that button. God knows I don't ever want him to go like this. Amen. I want to stay in the church. Amen. I didn't get in to get out. 
I said, I didn't get in to get out. I didn't get on to get off. Oh no, friend. I, I made up on my mind when I came into this. I want to stay in. I want to stay in this. Praise God. I said, I want to stay in this. Don't you want to stay in? Praise God. There's nothing. I, I was, I was teaching a Bible study just a few weeks ago and on Wednesday night and I was talking about there's a door that is shut that no man can open. And, and I was talking about, amen, that I'm, I'm glad that there's a door shut that no man can open. Now there's one also that was open that no man could shut. But then later on, there's one that's shut that no man can open. And I said, the reason I'm thrilled that that door was shut, amen, is not because more people couldn't come in and be saved. It was because the wolf had to stay on the outside now. He can't get the door open. Amen. And I still remember driving home from church and, and my son spoke up. He said, Dad, I'm glad that door's closed. Dad, I'm glad that there's just something that's a reassuring factor to our children. Amen. That the wolf can't get in. No matter how much he huffs and puffs and blows and huffs and puffs and blows. That he's not getting in. And that there's just such a calm assurance. I said that's a calm assurance. But not only do we have to die daily, there's a second thing that we have to do every day. Amen. Because God just doesn't want us to die. But he wants us to renew ourselves daily. Amen. Now that you've died out somewhere between the morning Cheerios and that light night snack. Amen. You have got to find yourself a place to pray through. You have got to find a place to renew yourself in God. Let me tell you something, friend. Amen. I know that there is a power in this world. I believe in that power of this world. I believe it's there. I believe it exists. I don't try to say it doesn't exist, but I know this, there's something greater than that power. And that something that's greater is not me, but that that I have renewed in daily is greater than he that is in the world. Amen? Every day, I've had people come up to me and tell me, Brother Cicero, I'm, I'm just lagging behind. Brother Cicero, I'm just not really making it like I want to. Hey, Amen? I asked him right up front, I said, have you been dying daily lately? Have you been in somewhere in your day? Have you been dying out to self? Have you come to God like the publican and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner? Have you come down and taken yourself by the scruff of the neck and thrown yourself down at your family altar or somewhere? Amen. On your car, in your car to work somehow. Have you told God, amen, how unprofitable you are, how that you need his help, how you wish, amen, not wish, but you're praying right now that he'll take anything that will creep in your life that day out. Amen. That he will cause you, amen, not to desire are the things of this world because friend if you don't do that there's none of us that can fight the devil off and win without doing that every day that's got to happen every day that's got to happen let me tell you something one of the saddest things that I've read in the word of God amen is about the gradual erosion of Israel Israel was a very powerful nation. Amen. It had great kings. Amen. One of the kings. Amen. David. Man, many exploits were done by David. Many people feared God in the time of David. I said they feared God in the time of David. Because David was a warrior. David just soon fight us, do anything. Amen. All you had to do, amen, is, is he, he just had to get a little leeway from God. God said, I don't like these people. 
David didn't have to have him explain it in detail. He didn't have to explain why he didn't like him. All God had to just tell David was, David, see this group of people, I don't like them. And David know what that meant. <laughs> David says, God doesn't want those folks around anymore. They're going to be a hindrance to us. If I could just get this across to you today, amen, I mentioned it last night, but I need to mention it again. What in your adversary's arsenal that you let... He said, Saul could not totally kill himself. So I had to jump on his shoulders and push the spear the rest of the way through. And he died. And don't you know, friend, that when David stood there that day, David came out of the Don't you realize now what happened? You let an ailment type live, and it was an ailment type that took your life. Don't you realize, Saul, that what you allowed to live will take your life? Folks, don't ever think for a moment that God wants us to come to any peace treaty with the devil. Oh, no, sir, not for a moment. But Israel could not understand that. They did not realize that what was happening to them was a, a gradual erosion in, in their faith towards God. God had, had deposited in the people of God, the Israelites, amen, the great message of one God. He had, he had deposited in them. That this God was the creator of all. Amen. This God was the mighty God. And there was no other God beside him. Amen. What a message. What a message. And I am persuaded today what I'm preaching about. Because there's a mouth, it's in the word of God to prove what I'm saying. Yes, there is. Well, what happened to him, brother, sisters? What caused the Jeremiah's and, and the Daniel's and others to come and preach the messages that they did? I'll tell you what happened. First, they started a man in God into the land of Palestine. And there was all kinds of people and all kinds of signs and all things. And I was telling somebody the other day that there's certain things that, that bother me probably more than they bother other people. And I told them that I, I'm not real big on any kind of in any day, they just don't do it like me. Because I grew up as a boy with a lot of them in my hands. And so I'm not real big on, on, on statues in my hands. You know what I'm saying? They just they give me an ear feeling. I just don't really like them. And this is the way Israel was. When they went into the land of Canaan, they, they, they stunned on them. They stunned them. They just, matter of fact, not only did they stun them, they stunned but they broke them up. You know, wouldn't have them. They just, you know what I'm saying? They just said, hey, we got to get rid of these things. I mean, they go out from strip mine from the other side and just throw it out the air. <laughs> they just didn't like it at all. But as time went on, they won. Some of the things that they were not supposed to do, they did. They started marrying into the people there of the land. And, and uh, you know, the Israelites found maybe married a, a daughter. We found Hebrew Hampton. We started you know, going around people that did not believe in, in the message of God. Let me tell you something about God. God hates it when you put an ass on his hand. God hates it when you put an ass on his hand. He hates it. God hates that. Because God says, hey, that's the pain. It's me alone. There is no God beside me. Did people, did people know a God beside God? God says, hey, 
Lord of God, he now will see a being God. Amen. That he is going to fall into the ground. The greatest sins we could ever fall into. Not only would he fall into the sin of adultery, but also he would fall into the sin of murder. Amen. What happened? I'll tell you what happened, folks. Amen. David was a very great man. But the devil said, I've got to wear him down. I've got to wear him down. Little by little, I've got to attack him. Amen. Let me tell you something. We do not need more just optimistic preaching. We need some real preaching. We need some real preaching. One thing I know about God, God could just as easily let that stay around. Amen. But God is very real. God wants to let us know that we'll put that piece in there that blows. And the reason that it happens is that they wear down. They don't realize the enemy is trying to take away the strength. I have a simple question in court right here, though, man. Amen. It's a very simple question. Is the result of the wearing down process inevitable? Is the result of the wearing down process inevitable? Amen. Must it happen to everybody? A thousand times I say no. A thousand times I say no. But I will tell you that victory is not easy. I will tell you that it is attainable. That it is to those that will pay the price. You've got to be willing to pay the price. Amen. Now I talked about David. Let me tell you about a man that got himself in a similar situation and really is totally against his control, and that's Joseph. Joseph finds himself down in Potiphar's house, amen, with a woman that would not take love. Day by day, she came against him. And I like this secret plan of attack. You ready this? What did Joseph do to defeat the sin of the flesh? What did he do? He said, no. It's so simple, folks. It's so small. No. Let me tell you something. We have a society today that's always saying no too often. Well, that's true. There are times we need good negativism in our children, but there's times that we need to teach them no. Believe it? Do you believe it? Hey, folks, you're not just saved by And that child starts going over there. What do you want to say? Yeah? That's violent. I don't know what you do. You can get the surprise of your life. You can enjoy it. I know. I know what I'm going to do in my body with you before that. No! That <laughs> really means what he says. No! <laughs> when it came time for Joseph to deal with the situation, he had to say, No! No, I will not do that. Let me tell you something today. I know that that sounds very plain. Very plain. Doesn't it? Isn't that that plain? No! But we are living in a world today that bothers me, brother Scott. It's not because the world is so sinful and all these things. Because, you know, that's the way it's always been. You know what I'm saying? People talk about age and all these different things. 
Satan can't move. People talk about how cool people are with children and abuse. It's not something new. The world has always been there. It's always been there. It is not the noise of the wicked that bothers you. It's the silence of the righteous. I said, it's not the noise of the wicked that bothers you. It's the silence of the righteous. But they ought to be speaking out and saying, let me tell you something. When we are possibly towards the sin of this world, the spirit of this earth, we deny the power of the living God. I said, we deny the power of the living God. We sing the song, and I hope we mean it. God's not dead. He's still alive. I said, God's not dead. He's still alive. You've got to hear about these things going on. Amen, God says, we're going to have to stop them. Let me say something, but there is erosion going on. Amen, among our television producers today. You believe it? Oh, there is. Amen, there was a day that television wasn't, wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. I'm being honest with you. I'm being candid with you this morning. It wasn't all that bad, but we have found today, now that cable television has come along, that they have become a little more daring each time, a little more explicit each time. Amen. I, I was amazed one day listening to a man by the name of Dr. James Dobson. I believe that he is a man that has heard a lot of different things, and, and he could make some pretty good opinions. Amen. Dr. Dobson said that, that he was a part, that he was a part of the Commission for Pornography. Let me say something about pornography. The publishers of this world have found that they can make think with ink with sandpaper. Is that right? One of the greatest, one of the most powerful things during the day. Dr. Dobson said when he got down in front of our things like New York City, he said he was a part of the things that he said. I still remember when he got down at the end of one year sitting upon that commission. He said it was the hardest year of his life. He said he felt like he had done his part for society and would never allow his name to be on such a commission ever again. He said it was appalling. He said when he found out that the ratings for movies had changed and what at one time would have been considered R or even X-rated, today does not have that rating. It has a lot lower rating. It's either PG-13 or PG. That's the first thing that's the problem. I'm just trying to tell you the fact. In a recent Tyson show featuring clothes for expected mothers, uh, the last model appeared a man in the show while wearing a bridal gown for pregnant women. We have a world that is going down. But we have a church that is too silent. I said we have a church that needs to come to the forefront and not tolerate them. Well, it's way, I really believe that you've got to be careful. You'll take people away with what they're talking about today. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that when people come to the house of God, 
that came up after you. And when I was not weird in when I came into the church, I came to find people that were righteous, that were holy, that were clean, and, uh, that I wouldn't have to worry about the young man in that church when we got out of church and got into our cars to tell some little off-color joke. Oh, what a good feeling it was. They wanted to get before those young men and young ladies and not hear them talk that way. Oh, what a good feeling it was to walk out of there and say, Dude, got it. They got it. They want, they want to let go. They want to have a life that is clean. Oh, let's praise the Lord, everybody, right now. A life that is clean. A life that's different than everybody else's. Not just a difference, but because we love the Lord Jesus Christ. And we love what he's doing in our lives. And we want to be different on the inside. I think it's a consciousness. Hey, we sing the song, Jesus, on the inside. Working on the outside. How many enjoy that? I said, how many enjoy that? Praise God. Jesus has made a difference for us. Amen. There are all kinds of laws that try to come about. But first, they have no truth law upon them. You see, that's a secret. You see, they have no truth. They don't have another piece of legislation that maybe they can get through. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we can go ahead. Hey, you don't have, you don't have a lottery? Well, that's what we're doing. We don't come in and say we want to shoot lottery. That's not what we're doing at you come in and say, you're going to lower your pension. Do you have a problem with that? Do you have a problem with that? If you put me in it, you lower your pension. And you like that? You want me to put it on it? But you got to see what's also passed on there. But because we've got to lower pension, we've got to get rid of the pension. They don't have to have off track bedding. They don't have to have dogs or horses or whatever. Well, I'm going to tell you, we're living in a world today. If the devil says, I'll tell you what, you're going to come in little at a time. But I'm certainly going to say, That the way that I have won in the past, I'm going to win again. I'm going to start off first. I'll make it a few statements. I'm at first going to just put a few handbills out, a few pieces of literature, and just kind of see what happens. You know, it's a cash match job. You can cash out a bucket, and I'm trying to think that happens. You better try to put a little bit of literature, but just see what happens. But all the time, he's saying little by little. He's hoping to start to do it. But we're going down a blazing sun. A little sky. But we're going down a blazing sun. So you want to get as much as you can get, I've never heard that it's not. You were there, you were there. But the William stood up and preached the message. He said, 
and look out in our own life and say, God, where is the secret in God's study? We say, Amen. Because it's confirmed every day in that adversary time, you'll say, What about? Would you like to? God, let's just close it right now. Can we do that? God, God, right now, you're speaking to us, God. Lord, there's some of us right now that just want to come up and pray for a moment. Would you come? Would you like to come and pray for a moment with your time? And say, God, you're going to be first, man. Lord, I realize that there's a consistent adversary that wants to erode what I have. But I realize today, God, that in dying daily and removing myself daily, amen, I know it's Sunday, but can I not make it right now? Your day has begun for either dying or removing whatever you need to do. But God, I know that I have an adversary. He is a consistent adversary. God, I know that there have not been men and women that have been greater than I. That Lord, that have allowed to have just simple drip, 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 drip. Your patient experience to be eroded away. But God, today, I want to make my, my religion, if you want to call it that, James said, pure religion before God. Oh, Lord, that's what I want today. I want a pure religion. I want one that has a lot of God in it. That I put in first. Oh, what's the secret for the sister? Oh, God, it's being spiritual. And the only way I know to be spiritual is to remove yourself in the spirit of God. Would you come as a beauty of time now? No one looking around. Would you come? Would you come right now and say, God, I want Lord God more than ever before. Lord, to dedicate this temple to you, Lord. Lord Jesus. May you not to be the temple of God. That be in the spirit of God's in you. May you not to be all the temple of God. That is the spirit of God dwells in you. What about it right now? What about coming saying, God, I want the spirit of God to dwell in me? Lord, I want the spirit of God to dwell in me. Lord, I know today, like you need to know, if I walk in the day with you, I will not be for you to take me. Oh, what happened to you? He just walked every day with God. Oh, God. Oh, I like it with power. You preached about it last night. I like it with power. But then, what was it that made it powerful? The Bible said in the New Testament, he is a man with like patience as we are. But yet he prayed, and it rained not. That is the key. If we can learn that the secret is praying and talking to God, and saying, God, you better be first in my life. I've got to consistently come to you again and again and again and say, Help me, God. Help me, God. Oh, Lord. 
Don't ever think you're not a target for the enemy. But don't ever think for a moment that there's not a power greater than the enemy. Be weak when it comes to God. Oh, that we've got to put God in our lives. We've got to put God in our lives. Jesus, let's close our eyes right now. Let's say, God, I want you in my life. I want to dedicate this temple to you. God, I want to dedicate myself to you. This is you to dedicate. This is you to Oh, God, don't realize there's a consistent adversary. Oh, that we can continue. We don't have to fall. It's falling and falling and it's just where do I have to fail? A thousand times, a million times, no. But then let me tell you something. Hey, man, you're going to have to pay a price. Hey, man, in order to live for God, you're going to have to pay a price. Amen. Hallelujah. We are God is true. His word is true. And we have the seal of truth. 